Yeah, it needs to be tight like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we just played um, a demo track to <coughs> Suhab on the telephone. This is uh, exclusive on this podcast only, where you can get music like this. Would you like to have breakfast? Uh, I thought, uh, assumed that you had already, so I had <laughs> breakfast. I uh, a little bit of breakfast. I will go have breakfast now. <laughs> I was just waiting. Are you on the chair? I'm on the chair. We're not, we weren't rolling. Oh, I had a really good segment of breathing. It'd be totally fine. No, I'm good, man. I'm totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Totalmente. Not a single thing is not fine. Ubicación. Totalización. Totalizzazione. This is day 66. Yeah. How many days since? A book um, that Kalen recommends is pretty good, man. Yeah, the War of Art. War, uh, yeah, the War of Art. Did you look oh. at it? Yeah, I started reading it today. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was on my reading list. I have a reading list. Do you want to put music on or do my you want to put some frequencies? My reading list is... Uh, I mean, we can put anything, man. Like uh, we can put frequencies. How about we just go uh, every noise and try something fresh? Uh. <coughs> At some point, you're gonna say stop. Stop. I can do left and right or liquid funk. No thanks. Again. Swedish tropical house. Let's keep moving. Stop. South you Carolina hip hop. You can also try a genre. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, um, like when you do like uh, other kind of hop hip hop in the U.S., it's like. There's this one song called "The North Cack," which is kind of cool. You can do like folk. Search for folk and then keep pressing enter. Do you know? Um, Stop. There's a song called "The North Cack," which I think is pretty cool. It means North Carolina. And we can just like enter a, a vibe. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is the podcast. This is. <laughs> On a 5.5. But you see how, what his rapping sounds like? It's like Tyler. But basically, you could do this. Like, rapping doesn't need to have, like, flow. and It just has to have attitude and energy. Mm. I'm on the North Cack, baby. I'm a boss. You know? Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically it. Like, it's a different guy now. Because it's a bunch of artists collaborating. Uh. <coughs> Let's see it. One of my punchlines. No, the chorus comes up here. There's a North Cake. 
Yeah, I just need a... It's basically all it is, man. <coughs> Frequency's good, but it always gets us in like a... Super deep Slow, thoughtful. Um, porno grind. <laughs> Guatemalan metal. Let me just see what we... Southern Americana. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. Scott Lowe going home alone. I'm a boss. South Carolina, South Carolina boss. South Carolina barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. I think we'll find something here. And if it's too distracting, we just try something else. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> that was my question to you too. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. 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 <laughs> That's uh It's the beginning of uh the opening of a new page of the of everything really like the beginning of this project. It's a new year, academically, so for half of your team. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, um, I definitely have a lot to reflect on about this time, man. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Maybe we just need something in the background. (laughs) Is there an energizing frequency? Like, or is it more like, like you can... (laughs) Well, that would be house music for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we just got to get in a wavelength. And we're just like looking for the wavelength right now. Uh, Maybe more background. It's like just, you know, in the background. Anything goes. Anything. Um. Could be oud. You know, an acoustic thing. Just keep it neutral, mood-wise. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This whole playlist. Yeah. yeah. Ah yeah. Not K A guest. All right, so reflecting. We stepped into a big project. And I'm really learning now that the whole idea about projects is that there's a real difference between a a short-form project and a long one. And if I actually think about it, in my 28, almost 29 years of life, I have never done a big project. Like Like the biggest thing I ever did was my bachelor's thesis. And what was big about that was the amount of time I spent procrastinating it. But it wasn't. That was a long time ago, too. Yeah, I mean, it was barely a big project. I wrote it in a couple of days. Mm, it's a paper. So I've never had a film that lasted more than like two weeks that I worked on. Yeah. And so this idea where we kind of went from, oh, it should be this or it should be that, it should be this. I basically took you all on the like the early creativity ideation phase, but added a pressure element to it, which 
for better or for worse, has gotten us here. I mean, with the, all the uh, things that ha were happening at the same time, both personally and professionally, I think it, it would it it was nice like to go through this whole thing. That's important for me to hear. I generally think. speaking, generally speak. <laughs> no, like yeah, we didn't suffer. It. We didn't suffer. It was just like uh, the progress versus like yeah. where we are. This the time pressure was really the biggest part. Like just like uh, the constant every day, like you're behind, you're behind. Like even if we're not behind, even after we decided, okay, you know, this is going to be longer, but still there's like, so that was the main thing. But other than that, I, th I think it's important to be part of the ideation phase for it to be an actual group project. Yeah, I, I guess the main thing, I was just worried if everyone who gave their time to this felt like their time was being spent in a productive way or a, or an enjoyable way, for that matter. There were many days that were like, that's great. And there are many days where it's like, where are we going? This is like, uh, where are we going? I wouldn't, I would never say it was a waste. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, in the end, we all we all saw a whole concept of the creative process, but in a different format, right? Like we experienced that together as a group. At least I'd hope that's something that we can draw on. How's your mic volume? Hello. I'm gonna dial down our echo a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I feel I don't feel like I'm speaking. Hello microphones hello, hello, detect hello, hello. sound waves and hello. then transmit them through an electrical output input into an output all right now you should be cleaner how about now yeah this is this much is more better. like a podcast yeah we, c we can speak a little bit more podcasty zip zappy uh, yeah we will find our flow, you know? So what I've learned so far about the book is that this writer is the master of sort of understanding what it is that actually goes wrong. And he calls the problem with a capital R, resistance. It's like if there's anything in your life that would be good for you to do, you will face resistance. And the resistance happens inside. If uh, Sorry, say that again. If... Anything that you want to do in your life that would be good resistance. for you or for other people, resistance will be faced. And resistance will come in many forms. Self-sabotage, self-doubt, worry, anxiety, procrastination. Procrastination, the most common form of resistance, because procrastination emotionally is not, I'm not going to do it, is I'll do it later. Very easy to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And so, so that yeah. resistance is what's fighting you all the time. Mm -hmm. The way he describes his process, I'm like, well, to be honest, I've actually gotten pretty close to that process if you just acknowledge it to be that way. He's like, look, when I have to do my writing, I have a good morning, read the paper, work out, get to the office at 10.30. Mm -hmm. For four hours, I work until I reach the point of diminishing returns where I see that the focus and the quality is diminishing. Mm. Then I call it a day no matter what I've written. Mm. And that's it. Mm. That's a writing process that allow that is allowed to take the time that it requires. 
The structure is so important too. Because it, 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 it's a matter of respecting the time, respecting yourself. Like they're both interchangeable at this point in, in this in this way, where it's like these four hours need to be the just effort. And at the end of those four hours, whether or not I produce something, خلاص. Like at least you have to have that sense of self where it's like I did put in the effort. You know, and generally speaking, if you commit yourself to four hours of attention, you'll get something. And uh, sometimes you'll get nothing, and it's pretty demoralizing. But the nothingness sometimes turns into something. Yes, it's true. And so you also can't be too demoralized no. by it. But I do equate it to that sensation that I've heard. And of course, this is a very dramatic sensation, but it's not so distinct. Um, you know, that it's a... Who was it that said it's a real bummer when hunter-gatherers come back without having gotten a hunt, a kill? Yeah, it's the it's the biggest bummer. It's there isn't a bigger bummer than that. Mm -hmm. And so, really, to me, I see it as the same concept, but it taken on in a very different era. Mm. I'm going hunting, mm. right? Mm. Because what it is is I'm entering a space where I know I might find something or not, or not. Yeah. But that's the space where I find it. Yeah. No yeah. matter what, you go into the wild. You have to go there. Yeah. If you don't go there, you come back with nothing. So you may as well try it. But of course, it's demoralizing when you put a lot of effort and a lot of energy and you come back and you really don't feel like you have anything. For the process that we've been through, there have been few days where we felt like there was nothing. I agree. You know, I, uh, I can see all the things that were theor that theoretically could have been done different. Um, one of which would have been ideally to say to the, at least you or whoever, Okay, this is the full-time thing, like six months to a year, you know, mm -hmm. and we commit to that, and that's how the format and the structure takes it, right? And it, okay, so you got four months to produce something that looks like a script. However, which way you do it, you got four months to do it. Is that a reasonable amount of time to produce a script? Yeah, okay, we could try it, you know. And that would put us now at a sort of halfway point without having had all the pressure for six weeks. Either way. You know, we, we talk about mistakes like we are auditing the situation. I think the most important thing is just to recognize that we're still in the middle of the process. And no, I think it's reflection. I don't think mistakes. You know, the author mentions that the hardest resistance comes right near the finish line. That's when it'll hit you like a brick. Yeah, I see that. I think it's because either things are crystallizing to a point where you can't believe it <laughs> like or there's just so much that is there so much that you can do that you don't it's just too much for you to absorb you know it was a really accurate statement and i've already like what's interesting to me is that i've had all these insights before in almost the same language but to hear it written in a book like this is the way it actually goes makes sort of validate some of the thoughts mm -hmm. um he said, writer's block is not an inability to write. Mm -hmm. It is an inability to sit down to write. Mm. Mm. And yeah, of course, that's what it is. When I'm having writer's block, I'm just not writing. I'm sitting there at the computer and all I'm thinking is this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And when you think that, your brain does not enter the state of looseness and openness that allows it to produce good things. The moments where you felt like you were moving... 
were moments where you felt like you should just write, where you just wrote 50 pages, whatever, 30 pages, and you found something. So in some sense, like writer's block is either coming from fatigue or just from a procrastination aspect or this resistance that he's talking about. You know what I mean? I wonder if like, I can't keep entering this. Like, I'm always going to ask questions, right? My question is, were we too quick to jump away from the fictional format that we have? Or does everybody simply like the I think the documentary concept yeah, and I we just so. stay there? Just stay there. We play, we, the, f the fictional was putting a lot of pressure on the director or the writer. But it was putting pressure given the context of how it should be written. Like, can I write a story, an actual film? Yeah, I can. And I can write a very nice one. I just need the time to do it. You know what? Either way, I'm going to produce a script. Whichever format that takes, it'll be a script. And it'll be finished. And it'll give you and Omar and everybody else a concept to be able to see this is what we're making. And of course, like when I have a script finished, it's not like I'm going to put it in your inbox and say we're shooting tomorrow. It'll be like, hey guys, I have a finished script. Take a look at it. Yeah, and let's be, talk about it. It'll be constant conversation for the people that you want to involve into this whole thing. You into know, but the writing process. I know myself enough that if I can judge my own script with enough time to be able to like take a little bit of distance from it, I I can really see what it needs and I can respond to it. And in the end, if I just follow my instinct, I'm going to produce something that isn't going to have major mistakes or major like, oh my God, it might have softer moments and bigger moments, but altogether yeah, it'll, be, it'll be yeah, cohesive, you know? I agree. That's why I wonder, like, wh why do I need people's commentary so, like, middle mm. in the process always? Like, uh, you can't just trust that this judgment's going to, like, take it way its way through the end, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, a, good, a, a good example would be yesterday in terms of, like, the middle of the process of the song. It's just it's deflating. It's, like, it's unnecessary. Like, Annie, we're still in it. Why do we have to choose? What do we like the first? <laughs> like, that was my thing. Oh, God, man, it felt like I was talking to a client. As soon as the question came down that said, could we hear what the previous one mm -hmm. sounded like? Th that's the reason which I think sometimes, like, you don't involve the client in your rough draft. Th yeah, exactly. And the context is all in your head. All of it is in your head. And the effort to communicate all of that context to the person who's listening it to it for the first time it's not worth it because it's still a progress. It's still in progress. You're still working on it. But the only thing I would say in terms of the script is you're working with characters that are in front of you that you've decided that they kind of they are the one, they are the inspiration that you can interact with. So I'm saying maybe to involve Omar and Ahmed sharing okay what you know, i don't know just put them in a scenario and you can see what the how that develops but it's not commentary like ah uh, you know i don't know you know i think i just needed to take enough time 
to be able to really think robustly as to like what my characters are and what the story is going to be. Um, so because I my whole thing is I felt really like without ground under my feet this entire period. I'm trying to do stuff, but I don't know what to do. Like I have no conviction, so I'm not operating on vision. I'm operating on like just fishing. fucking fishing. And that's a very different energy you'll get from me. It makes me much less competent because I literally don't know <laughs> what it is that I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. And the time that you have for yourself away from the space, but also a, w- a little bit away from the script and then going back to the script will probably allow you to really put things into order and figure it out. Um, but it, I think there's needs to be a constant like in, out, in, out. Because if you're too much into it, you, I think you're just going to dig yourself into a hole. Yeah. And that's where other voices come. Like people who actually matter, not making decisions for you, but actually giving you feedback, not commentary. I think there's a difference between the, the two, right? And you know what? I, I actually don't mind taking feedback once I've given it my intention fully. Like in the sense that I have... I like giving a script clean, you know? I've edited it. I've looked over it three times. I don't like just giving it off. I agree. For a very, very specific reason. It's that if you give something, somebody something unfinished or clearly unfinished, the, the commentary will be on things that you have, you know you need to address. Exactly. People will be pointing out the things that you already know. And even then, they're going to be trying to point them in certain ways, like judging the entire thing based on these things. When you see everything is just like... You, I always see the big project and I can kind of see what's still raw. I can see what's in a good state and I can piece together. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's in a, that one's almost finished. Yep. We need some work in this area. Yep. You're all, you already know that. So for you to provide the thing finished in you know a draft or whatever, like in a polished way, intentional, then yeah, of course. That's how you can move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, look, I don't expect that three weeks in Amsterdam is going to be the solution to this problem. Like, I'm going to put my effort and my mind to it, and it's going to be a very different environment to work in. I'm actually going to have my own space. Like, I can work at my brother's apartment. There's not going to be anybody there. Mm. Um, and Amsterdam in the summer is very nice. You know, like, I can I can find a lot of places that can inspire me just with sort of movement of people to write something. And if it obviously isn't working for me i'll just come back to jordan mm. um and do the same thing here but where i'm just a background character in this country where it isn't that hey rob what's coming up next what do we do today rob what do we do today when it's just like where the where's rob i have no clue i haven't seen him in two weeks he's probably writing great mm. um where nobody asks any, me any questions and I can just exist. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool to just exist with that Land Cruiser and maybe a tent for all I care, even though I can just like sleep in Land Cruiser and just go around. Like, especially when it's not super fucking hot. You know, that m- my friend Ferdinand sleeps in his Land Cruiser. He sleeps in this like ice bath in his Land Cruiser. What? <laughs> Like he doesn't sleep in the ice bath, right? But he sleeps in the in mm, the, the tub container. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It is, and I'm like that guy's got 
It doesn't make any sense to me. That guy's so big. I was just thinking the same thing. He's so big. Maybe he just like takes naps in it or something. But it's in his Land Cruiser. To have that relationship to Jordan is pretty cool. Like no commitments to anything. And to be able to get inspiration from the space without anybody really picking at you or like, hey. I can have so many experiences when I just like one-on-one with people. And if I just trust that I can, and maybe in the meantime, having conversational lessons with, in Arabic, just someone to talk to for two hours a day, where it's just, we're just talking Arabic. Like I, I, I would happy to get a teacher who's like, full intention is to like, pay attention to it and to be helpful for it. And that there's no like, friendship in the background where we have like, commitments or any kind of thoughts. It's just like, we're talking. Um, I think that would be very rewarding. And the type of investment financially is very low oh yeah uh, that's not even a consideration exactly really. and but also but and the time is worth it all of it is worth it all of it mm, agreed and there are many people who are, who would be on your same level like vibe on your same wave that you just need to find them mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah man um that's just it you know like if you consider my relationship to jordan it's four years of absence and then go, go, go. Yeah, and but you're not really seeing it. I, like, what could I see? Yeah. I, I haven't even been me in Jordan. Yeah. I've been the production. Yeah. You know, like, when I'm walking around as a film production, like, that's my identity in this situation, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, I definitely think I got to get some one on ones with Thayer, you know? I just got to sit with the guy. I, I, I have absolutely no ill feelings, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, like, I, I just wanted to kind of prove a point. It's like, because I, I know it would have made him feel like shit. Mm. And that's why I don't say that type of stupid shit to your friends. Mm. Like, <laughs> that's just mm. like at that mm. point, like, fucking grow up a little bit mm. and don't say stupid shit like that to people that you actually care about mm-hmm. because you're crying for attention. Exactly. So, but no, I, 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 I'm yeah, no, yeah. man, he's a quality guy. There's yeah, no yeah, reason yeah. that we would have any thoughts like this. Maybe it's, um, it's that friends seem to look at friends as like, the people that they are, not the collection of things that they have done. But, of course, the things that they have done are also a reflection of the people that they are. But maybe because they didn't hurt us specifically, we have less and more distance to it. I think we just... Uh, when you're younger, the things that you do are more genuine, maybe. I know who this guy is. Like, Rob is just like... He's just a dude. Like, and whatever he does... Even that, like whatever he does, I understand. It's like a mistake of this guy. I understand why he's doing it. It's because this and this and this and this exactly. in the past. Because I know it because I, I was in it. Uh, I saw it. He explained it. He, we spent two hours d- dealing with it, talking about it. So I understand why. Like, And th- there are points, like at least in college, where I stopped sp- speaking to people, like my friends. But that's because I was going through my own growth. But you'll... It's kind of the same thing with that. And he's going through his own growth. There's no really need. I don't need to talk to this guy. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, he'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I think so too. You you never really worry about him. Even though I always think, like, you're making bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sad, you know? Yeah, Rob's exactly. Rob, exactly. Just add, that's it. That's all it is. <laughs> you dumb schmuck. <laughs> I'm, man, okay. Like, maybe incentive to finish this project is to <laughs> to actually focus on that animated show. Mm. I think it'll be one of the most rewarding projects we can do. 
And so. I think making this film might put us in a position to be able to do it. Well, in what aspect? Just financially, Everything. professionally. Like there would be enough of a professional justification, enough of a like a uh, reputational collateral that you can start a project and get people on it so that it moves. You know, because certainly you can hire the right people who will help mm. you professionalize what you need to do. And the thing with animation is that there's no production. Like the production is, is the studio. Exactly. You're in there's there. There's no, I have to buy a car. Oh, the car's broken. Oh, the... No, it's like a technical... No actors, nothing. It's like it's you have all the pieces all the time. You just need people and you need a, a technology, basically. And you have the people, obviously, because like they're your actors and they're here. They're working for you full-time, basically. You know, like if maybe even they're part of the writers, like Always Sunny. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. Obviously, I would voice a bunch of characters. Yeah, of course. You know, at least uh, in terms of me volunteering. If you wanted characters, you make a bunch of characters. Exactly. Like, th- th- of course... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And then you get Tarek, Omar, and Adil, and Hashim, like, man. Hashim, and how many more voices do you actually need? Thousand, like you already have like a dozen, uh, already. Uh, I mean, the, the hundreds yeah, of possibilities. Yeah. There's so many. I, I would, I would do a lot of funny voices. <laughs> <laughs> Voice acting would be really fun. It's just like you get to totally, totally depart yourself. Your face and your image is not associated to this. Mm. To you don't, you're el- you're elsewhere you're someone mm. else something mm. else mm. yeah 100 man and so like it's much easier it's much easier it's just uh I th- probably it's just financial maybe no we're just choosing to commit the time to it but yeah you're right financial i mean you can, if you come in with a budget you, like, you you get the animators on board and you but of course i will not <laughs> write things at least no, then again, look, you're always going to have to write under pressure if you're going to do television, right? Uh, that's the concept. But you can get a writer's room. It's always going to be a struggle, like, no matter what, writing. It's like you hear the always sunny guys that breaking an episode sucks. Coming up with a concept. There's also, like, the possibility of you seeing other artists seeing other writers seeing other writers rooms in amsterdam you know like just to see what they're doing or just anywhere but yeah you're right yeah um yeah seek out the mentorship you know i my thing about this film is that i just figured it would be a loud enough radio signal to send out that it would allow me to seek the mentorship that i needed that i wanted you make a film like this, it doesn't come out of the question that I can go follow Taika around for a couple of weeks. You know, mm-hmm. suddenly you're a colleague. You know, you're a professional who is also made. I see what you mean. And that's a very, very different position to come in towards as just someone who writes an email. Yeah. And that's why I think like, okay, let's not overdo it. Like, we can finish this. We can do this, mm-hmm. you know. No brusher, really, no brusher. Like there's a lot of bullshit on television, on movies, man. Like, we can make something good. I'm not worried. We have a lot of good pieces. Just got to give it form. And the form is the scary part to me. But I also haven't watched any movies. So what if I'm writing for four hours a day and then just watching a lot of movies? You know? It's got a good movie set up there. And definitely, I could have some friends who would want to watch movies regularly. Find just some people <laughs> like you can and let's talk about the movie. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need some people who really like movies. But I'm sure if I sought it out, 
I'd find it. You just go to Qiyan Skotsi. Basically. Yeah, there's also a lot of like cinemas, but there's a real crowd in the Netherlands. You just find... No, you just talk <sighs> to people. Just don't rely just on meet, people. Just meet people. Exactly. Yeah. Just go meet people and you'll find the rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what stage you are in terms of like your relationship to meeting people. Um, at this point, I'll, I'm sure I'll figure it out. I just... Uh, I think what got me a little off in that 10-week period of having the studio is that the studio was so good and I paid good money for it that I wanted to spend as much time in there as possible. Oh, uh, I 100%. But it was in the period of 10 weeks uh, or a couple of weeks and then like 10 days when I lived in a hotel in Barcelona that I was out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I did meet people mm-hmm. very significantly. Mm-hmm. Specifically because I was out. Exactly. And so um, I do want to spend a lot of the time just out of the house. I got a little laptop with me and just go find places to write. Maybe luckily, you don't have any like real gear that's fucking <laughs> on your back. It'll be staying here basically, which is what for the f- one of the f- like fer- very few times, right, where your gear doesn't really follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel light. Yeah, with stuff in storage and stuff here neatly packed, like. I mean, I still always feel that burden, but my ADHD lets me forget about it pretty often. Like, that's the kind of thing with ADHD is that I just don't feel things for very long because I forget and I go elsewhere, which is which definitely makes me feel like, and of course it's a it's a mental construction, but like, um, only a partial human uh, when you just don't feel things for an appropriate amount of time. But of course, what the hell is appropriate? All of it is just you measuring yourself based on other people. I know it's all nonsense. It's all <laughs> totally nonsense. But it doesn't change that those are the thoughts that, that come are produced. and that are produced. And that you have to then somehow, okay, go into the thought and respond to it and do the work, you know? Yeah. If you didn't have the thought in the first place, it would have been easier, you know? Yeah, that goes for everything, right? But at least you recognize that it's coming out of somewhere. Yeah, man. The present moment is a really strange concept to wrap your head around. You're always leading right up to it as you're, you know, the words are in the queue and then they come out and then they're out and they're gone as they've, they've mm. been said. That's mm. it. Mm. The moment is so infinitesimal. It's just like it's, it, it doesn't exist as a fragment. It exists as a movement. And you're just on the movement at the front of it, just like, it's s- like a wave drawing with it. Mm. <sighs> There's so many people on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I look at Jordan and I look at like all these houses and there's just so many people. Maybe Amsterdam, like, I'm wondering, Amsterdam's a good place. Maybe it's actually good to have some familiarity and also be new there. In a you need to be comfortable. You already know the geography of the city. You know a couple people. You know, yeah. it's a home for you, man. Definitely have it's some a home. Have a bunch of friends there, which helps a lot, I'm sure. You told me like, if uh, an Amsterdam with Rob is a is a fun time. Yeah, I do like Amsterdam. You're right, and especially in the summer, I think it'd be a good time to be there. And I'll, um, I think I can just make a ritual of if I spend a month there. Make the intention that each morning I'll go find my exercise early in the morning, and if it means like cycling around super early morning, 
or like today I did a whole core thing. I'm like, yeah, that's important. Uh, you got to do a lot more of that. But you can do that in the house. I didn't need any gear at all. The only thing that I do, no, I don't even really need the gear for. I could probably do it with a table. Is this exercise um, where you suspend your torso, uh, you lean it on a, it's in the corner of the big weightlifting room. It's got like this sort of saddle type of shape on it. And then you just lift your legs like that upwards. Mm. So your hip is high and the legs go down and back up. Mm. Um, and that's apparently really, really good for strengthening the lower back. Like I want to feel my back where you just like feel that ridge of muscles, you know? I need to, and I want to have a core where I know that from all sides of the core, the muscles have grown very strong. And Can very Rob firm. live as Rob? Like, just like focus on Rob? I mean, I really like the idea that I know what this project is now and taking four hours to just work on it. And then there's also other opportunities in Amsterdam. But yeah. I have to kind of decide and be very intentional about yes. how I commit to it, yes. you know? That's just like saying like this is the time that i'll give it that's this is it the wild card for in my opinion right? you're right it's the most risky one yes <laughs> <laughs> like i was gonna put like there's an elephant in the room <laughs> um, yeah yeah <laughs> no, no, but i what i recognize is that like to me it's a i think every writer finds their best writing in the combination of care for the self commitment to the writing and then a release to the desires <laughs> not uh, but the not too increase much increase of like no just good f good uh what's the word like? energy good feelings yeah of course yeah but that ha that has that can be done in a variety of ways and yeah but you kind of want to play with one that's not the most um uh, high burning you know like you sort of want to be a little more um yeah but i think moderate. you're moderate but uh, yeah now look in your in your context you have you're giving yourself perspective in the current moment, you're giving yourself perspective, and uh, with that perspective, y your body still is asking for it. Your mind is asking for it, and therefore you should definitely respond to it. You should not not block it, because if that blocks, it goes somewhere else. But it's a it's an important part of your your being. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I think it is. It's just intentional. Don't go give in to. You know, you, and you, you talk know exactly to people what I'm about talking like about. you also get to have these conversations where you can really talk about what's going on in your head. I feel alive. I feel alive. Yeah, uh, one month is not a lot of time for to find that rhythm. I th yeah, I agree. But you have a lot of good elements that will allow you to get into it if you actually work a little bit hard on it. And uh, to be honest, I don't actually see this intense rush. I it's not it doesn't exist. You know, name me where it is like. Especially it's if I just start being able to send messages to Omar and to Ahmed and be like, okay, watch these videos. You know, like this is this is uh, more formally how I'm going to ask for your commitment. This is what I will offer you in return. This is the time commitment that I require from you. This is the character that I would want you to play. I think communicating whatever idea you have of their commitment now, just generally speaking, would help. I mean, yes, I can do that now. And then broadly come back and say, I will return to you. When I return to you, it will be with this in hand. Like, of course, I'm going to continue the conversation with you as it moves along. And I'll tell you that I don't expect this to take years. I don't want this to take years. This is a, a thing that I would like to make and have made soon. Um, but I we need to give it the time that it is asking for. For all I know, great stuff happens very quickly. You know? 
Um, I also, when my brother comes back, maybe I can somehow have him enter a space where he's actually like adding to the space, but there's always a lot of baggage there. Yeah. Um, That'll come when it comes. I think if I just watch a bunch of movies, eventually I'll just kind of understand how the movies are made. But I hadn't watched a single movie, just which doesn't like make any full sense. Movie. I should watch so many films. You know, um, can I be rigid enough with my life that I do my morning workout and my morning routine for like three hours? Um, do my four hours of writing. It's got to be free time after that. But you've got to watch movies. But movies are also free time. You know. Listen, a movie's two hours. So One I'm movie. asking for nine hours of of formal commitment in a day. That's at least what seven, six more hours of. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I think it's that formal commitment never really works for me. Like, uh, I, I I do like the idea it. of waking up early. We've seen it. We woke up early. We got, I mean, we got back, we got here at a certain point. I, of, yes, we did not know exactly what we were doing that day, but at nine o'clock or whatever, you know what to do. You're going to go back, go and write. It was very productive. Yes. You know, it, say nothing about what it is that was produced. I would say those two things, at least those two things, I think you're good to go. Yeah, I agree. And when you, the, I think what you need to th- think about is re- when you reach a point of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, fuck this shit. Yeah. As long as you kind of say that, look, um, I might have those experiences during those four hours, but the four hours, when I, like, you can always sense when you're falling off the wave. Mm. You always feel it. You start slowing down. You have experience with this stuff. Yeah, you do. You hear it in the voices in the podcast. Mm. You know? Um, That's why Joe Rogan makes his conversations three hours. That's the amount of time that. You can have a really engaged, focused conversation mm. if two people are really invested in the conversation. Mm. But after three hours, people start to get pretty tired. It takes a lot of energy to talk. A lot of energy. <sighs> yeah, I got to find... <sighs> I think there's a lot of good opportunities in that situation. But of course, at some point, that rhythm's got to move to Jordan. You know, and I, I want it to move to Jordan. I really mm. do want to go take an interesting angle through Jordan, you know, mm. and I would like to spend time here. I just think that the Amsterdam chapter would be a bit of a holiday in terms of its energy that I get to be around. And, you know, if I really look at the last year, it's been like, gone from like super difficult emotional situations to um super high emotional situation to a super complex emotional situation um to a sudden change of life in a different space with different energy now i had music that i was making and i was taking a commitment and it was taking my energy and right before all of this came a month of post-production of producing nine reserve videos and three big videos that i didn't have in love with and then three months prior to that were hard work hard work that i was drained and fucking tired so like if we if i actually drew a timeline between um when i stopped chilling was probably right after the wim hof retreat 
That was where the chilling stopped. So the 10th of July. And of course, we had some good times, but you could see me. There was a lot of anxiety in me during our Camino. I was just like in so yeah, many 100%. in so many minds. Like I was already there. I didn't understand it, but no, yeah, you're right. The, the you know it all it all went wrong after the diving trip from the Maldives and where the news changed and suddenly like that that's been now 13 months basically of non-stop real sort of rest um it's just been trying to do things trying to make things trying to fix things trying to be in things but at the same time trying to live and trying to like do something about it and also having like a deterioration that i experience of my like of my physical body which is very disheartening which i have to respond to somehow by doing good things for it but like uh, nothing that i really do even though i'm not really doing things very well but nothing that i do seems to offer me anything that looks like oh it could work and so there's just this constant fighting of that demoralizing voice but i'll get through it and i know i will i feel the winds on my side but it's no surprise to me that i've come to this situation not mentally loose and creative and fresh but still part of the same brush stroke that took us through baltimore and california yeah and i feel that way i'm not myself man like i was probably most myself in those first like 19 days that ended with joe leaving up to that point we were just having a great time it was good (laughs) it was really good you know I see you, man. As soon as we had to get down and work, that it all collapsed. And really, I just needed to keep this whole thing kind of a holiday. But we had such a sense of, okay, when are we going to do this project for the man upstairs? And when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? He's asking, what can you do for Jordan? And we're like, okay, we got to do something. So it was just this, not only that all that complexity, that was always in the back of the mind that like, I have to go do this thing. You know, I have to go give myself to this. Okay, let me give a certain amount of time because I can't afford that emotionally. And then you jump into it and then you're really much further away than you would have liked to be. So it really makes me see that like, I have to somehow treat this with just give it the time it needs. And be balanced with it and live life around it. Uh, this creation is coming from yourself. And if the self is not balanced, then this will not be balanced. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You're for- if you're forcing it, that's not a good product. And you already know that from the beginning. It means you're subjecting it to chance, basically. That there's a chance that it might have and a you, good sense, but it won't be from the heart. You've, you've, uh, you've forced many projects. Many. Because they don't have to come from my heart, exactly. right? They just have to serve a p- function. Yeah. yeah, man, that's the war on art. <laughs> like this is Give it the time. And I think y- year 28 for you, fuck. You know? Yeah. Like it's been a cool, it's been a, a year. <laughs> One hell of a year. Oh, shit, man. So No doubt. If you, yeah. if you really like look at the timeline as I just drew it. And as you enter into your 29th, you owe yourself a little bit of quiet if you can find it because you i don't think you found it in a long time uh, you know you're 27 that was a cool year like you're 27 came off the back of four months in australia with fairly minimal stress 
a beautiful summer of relaxation and doing nothing really you're mm. writing but you're writing you know yeah yeah i was inspired man like yeah it i was, was so like loose and so then what else is there and then i traveled to the states where we went to virginia and we had adil with us for three this beautiful first time right beautiful weeks that was 20 with those beautiful weeks over there and then we went to deerfield where we had a crazy experience mm-hmm. really it was like that I- the experience is so much flavor in my memory I'm sure it does for you as well. Mm-hmm. The spaces we were in, the people we interacted with, mm-hmm. that we had friends there and that there was life and confusion yeah. and weather. And like, it was just, there's so much, so much richness mm. in it, right? Even the dancing reserve video was, it was a beautiful experience for us to all be a part of. And it was nice having Sarah there, right? And then editing these videos, they were all nice. You know, they all came out beautifully mm-hmm. and we were all very happy with the work, even despite the situation. And although there was all that bullshit going around, that ended. And then I sort of sent myself like a rocket on February into just freedom. I lived full freedom. In that period, we also went to Mexico to go diving. Mm. And it was just writing in my big leather-bound book, walking around in my black shorts and my oversized black button-down Hawaiian short sleeve shirt, and it was just like, even I'd wear my Australian hat sometimes. I'd go biking around Barcelona. I was just writing and writing and writing and writing and just trying to like process myself and process and process and process. And it was great, a great, great, great experience. But what was happening in the background was that I was spending so much time focusing on that inward self that A, it neglected the partner, and B, um, this idea that she had of what she wanted to see me engage, how I, she wanted to see me engage with the city, like go make friends go do things, go get a life, go spend some time outside of the house. It's like, well, I was in a space where I really was looking toward this. And it just, those two weren't compatible and that produced a deterioration of expectation, which then culminated in a trip that then returned with a different feeling after Mm -hmm. the diving trip. Mm -hmm. And that's what propelled year 28. But just before it could send it on on a spiral toward total bullshit, I went to the Wim Hof retreat. Mm-hmm. And that suddenly sent like a different energy flowing running through 28 <laughs> that also went running in it. That produced our experience with Ozzy. That, exper- that produced pe- my experience with Juan Pablo. That, ex- that produced the experiences that we've had here, you know, that have also produced a type of renewed relationship to the body that although it's still slow to come, is coming, you know. And so it's a, a, a pr- also like a new relationship to meditation and also certain friends and I know 28 I'm expecting it to have quite an ending (laughs) 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 so like you gotta take it as it comes you know but it's sort of uh, liberating to think about it as a unit you know for sure man for sure (laughs) 100% it's really well I loved it. I love this story. Like, I think you should listen back to this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is good to see it in that context because, you know, I keep looking at myself being like, why am I not inspired? So, well, no, <laughs> big fucking surprise. <laughs> big surprise, man. Yeah, oh, man. my God. That's, it's also like um, that period of self-reflection. Sure, I read some books, but I didn't get a huge amount of input. You know, I don't interact with that many people. So it was a lot of, like, the input came from my own mind, and Mm. I grew a lot from that. But gradually there was this subplot that I see has been culminating into that sort of still destabilized sense of where the hell am I? 
Like I was in Barcelona, but I was in me. You know, I was not in the city. Mm. And so I, f- I still do feel a significant sensation of disconnection to the place. Um, I, I try to engage with it, but I don't know anybody, really, other than the passing person here and there that I've had interactions You've with. You've had a taste of it. Exactly. But barely, you know, there was never really a group that I could sort of enter. But there were also so many life circumstance things that didn't make it the, the natural, comfortable thing. <sighs> And I think we just have to be kind of open to looking at circumstances and understand why things happened the way they did. Then on her end, you know, during lockdown, as she picked up the good habit of exercising, and it began to form like a, a sense of like, I'm doing something and you're not. <laughs> you know? And my doing something was all in there. You know, all he's pointing at his head. It was all in, inside the mind. And it was crazy, man. If you look at those journals, I was, uh, I wrote with fervor some days, you know, I'd spend the day writing with fervor. We also did fest. That was cool. <sighs> when, wait, fest. Yeah. That was 2021. That was a great period. Three months, two months of like a lot of fun shit happening, man. Like I could only be on a good vibe in my life to do something like fest. Hmm. And I could get in a much better vibe. Like I could see in those videos, there's still like a, my problem as a person, I'm very contracted. Mm -hmm. I'm very like shielded. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I could probably describe a bunch of reasons Mm -hmm. why, but it's something I experienced very much so. And like, I think the first step to opening that up is to getting the body feeling strong. Because with the body feeling strong, you might feel sort of loose and confident and being able to go dance or go do stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Evolve the relationship to the body. If I ask what the hell have I actually done in my life, I've done nothing. You know, sure, I've done a lot, but I've worked. I've I've perfected a type of craft, but I've certainly not lived in a regular routine way. And routine is so valuable to give some pe- people a sense of stability. So as a result, I feel like I've built on nothing. And I, I, I don't now go into Amsterdam or come back to Amman. I'm back to, like, where I've always been, this place of nothingness. Where just with go? shit packed over there and shit packed here but then you know if the shit is packed there and if the storage is just costing me a little bit of money i can put it out of my mind it's problem solved already basically because otherwise i have to go get rid of all the stuff but then getting rid of the stuff is like look all the stuff i have in storage is a standing desk a bunch of musical instruments some clothes you know and some apparatus (laughs) you know but other than that there's nothing so it's uh, desk chair maybe a couple you know guitars pianos and then here it's just camera gear camera gear camera gear for my profession <laughs> so you're right man like if i start but i need a, a an easy place that isn't bothering anybody like that isn't in the way like i'm sure we could figure out a way to use your apartment for it but then it's also like when you have to move you're responsible for all for moving all that stuff the way to to offset that would be to say this is the gear that I'm okay f- for you to use as long as you're not using it for kings. <laughs> or if you do use it for kings, we'll figure something out. Mm. You know, like I, I wouldn't want my gear to go through any wear and tear. For anybody else's for sake. En- exactly. For you, it's like, as a friend, use the gear, right? But don't give me wear and tear on King's Academy unless they're paying for the wear and tear. Yeah, I'll fall deep. <laughs> exactly, right? And it's an opportunity and kings can pay for it. You can rent the gear, you know, um, mm. 
that would be the professional thing to do and of course we'll give like decent normal rates you know yeah. but it's that it's hey about that. we have all this gear it can be bought from them which is an option uh, and we can rent it for a period of time and you can see what it does to our product it's actually a pretty easy way to like demonstrate why you need certain gear mm. like if you take these lights and you just shoot some really nice looking interviews on them it'll be very clear you need the lights okay done bought sold mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can demonstrate and so it would for me feel pretty good that not only are you like familiarizing with the gear um, it's also getting used. Mm. My favorite gear is the gear that's being used, mm. and it'll allow you to build a relationship to it to like take care of it, you know, and it, you know, make sure it stays organized and like you're already getting there. Like especially that now with your photography, it's really requiring you to develop a filing organization, and that's a process that takes years to kind of perfect and mm. find comfort in. But well, as soon as you become really intentional about it, if, like that connects to everything else you do like an organizational mm. way of thinking <sighs> i guess i've just been a little chaotic because of the amount of requirement on my mind to produce like um ideas and creativity when really i'm also here to try and like run a company and focus on the organizational things of it and i've used to be very good at that especially when the going was good creatively didn't stress me too much but when it takes up like 90% of the brain I have almost nothing left to like look at the accounting and to try and figure out how to run the company and so we're just maturing you know (laughs) finding different methods to do our process super interesting all of it 20 fucking 8 man in the middle of there, there was a three-day, not in the middle, basically right in the beginning, there was a <laughs> three-day little pilgrimage that produced uh, such golden hits as, I love this city! <laughs> and, dime tu! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's some funny conversations with those dudes, definitely. Like, I mean... <sighs> I'm like... We should definitely like go again, but properly, you know, at any random no, time. I'm not the summer. For it, man, because like, uh, uh, either like with people or alone, even like I think I, I'm really itchy for it. Yeah, <laughs> either way, yeah. man, because you can walk it. In many people walk it multiple times, and they just decide this time I do it this way, this time I do it this way. Mm. I wonder if that specific Camino is like in the end, it's it's about a long walk. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be in Spain. And it might be that that particular Camino has a lot of people who walk it, and you would have to have people to talk to, and that's kind of what makes it really rich. It was just high season, and there were, it was COVID, and there yeah, were, yeah, but it is time. a lower, um, like less people walk this. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, in the end, you can go to any trail in the world. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to do the Jordan Trail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> it's just like the NPCs of Jordan. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the the mother the grandfather the sheikh the Bedouin like this you don't have variety <laughs> and you want to be like where did this dude come from you know you want to meet the Aussies him, you know yeah of course you want to meet people who just you baffle your understanding <laughs> of what's possible in the world you know even these guys are basically st- no well, they, they're, they're still interesting. NPCs but they're, yeah but they had something interesting but yeah, yeah they were definitely NPCs <laughs> Uh, oh man yeah but at 
least you have different types of NPCs. You don't have For, one. Exactly. Type. You're just getting to play in the different maps, basically. Yeah. You're just tired I, of your fucking map. You know, <laughs> I've played this Counter-Strike map way too many times. I know every corner. I know ev I can expect yeah. every beat. Exactly. Like, I know that they're coming from here. Like, Khalas, like let me Exactly. Interact. It's going to go here, and then it's going to go here, and then, <laughs> and then it's going to go like this, you know? So, uh, yeah, go wherever. Really, wherever you go is better than the place that you're from, at least now. <laughs> Which is better? We've seen a lot. We've seen a lot. You know, I think that's why people get so tired of this country. It's so damn small, man. There's just like, it, not only is it geographically small, it's like culturally small. It's just one thing. Like, sure, they say people are pretty different in Irbid and in Salt, <laughs> but no, man, we're not that different. No, we're all the same. <laughs> we're all the same. <laughs> we're all the same. We've what we is that a fact? We, we've created <laughs> <Is that a laughs> we've created a certain persona or something like a reaction to these things. Like, <laughs> yeah, you exist as a contrast to it. Like, certainly, you and I cannot possibly identify as it. Yeah, in the end, no. Like, in neither the end, do I we don't really understand what Abu Mahmoud is saying. I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> For me, in general, I just look at those people. I think I relate more to um, Arab tendencies than I do to like Azerbaijanian as such. Yeah, one hundred percent. Or I relate to having inherited these tendencies. Yeah. But only taking the ones that have served me. No, that's not fair to say. I would say the ones no, that don't serve me. No, you've taken everything. I've taken a lot of them. You've taken all the Arab tendencies, but you're not necessarily when you sit with a group of people, you're not like one of the guys in that sense, you know. Yeah, man, if you think of how many, like, what portion of this world's population is taken up by, like, groups of guys, the types of groups that you and I could never relate to. <laughs> you could just, like, we, you saw them when we walked to Wadi um, bin Hamad. Those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many of these things, man, I, like, I kind of was one of them for those four years before Kings. Like, I was one of them. I was a dude. I was just the muhtaram. I was always the muhtaram. Like you can see with Ismail, that's the closest person you can like see uh, in Russia too, but Ismail more because we've been, I've known for a while. Yeah, but even then, these guys are like, <sighs> I'm... You're talking about the guys from Wadi bin Hamad. <laughs> I'm talking that there's this sort of layer, this crust of society that is so spread, but that I just cannot enter. Yeah. Because of its NPC-ness, yeah, right? Yeah. It's... And to call things people, to call people NPCs is not to say anything about like their innate capabilities or who they are at the core of their being. It's just that the society has conditioned them as such where they will not find that. They will only be a conditioned version of what their personality mixes with that culture. Their default mode has been chosen and will remain that. Exactly. And enforced. You know? And enforced. Whereas our default mode has been reflected upon and kind of like nuanced a little bit more nuanced different different growing constantly yeah and you rarely have it you can't say that yeah you need to be able to exist in a space where you don't have to think about shit like that right i think it's important generally so anywhere but here is the mantra <laughs> um yeah i'm into it just gotta finish the damn film or not, you know, or just go elsewhere to try to finish it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just try a month in Amsterdam and we'll see how it goes. 
Like I, I do believe, but you're right. Those damn NPCs. It's just like, you know, to me, this is the thing that's making it like kind of fascinating. Fascinating. Imagine. You know? But maybe the NPCs become way more interesting. But maybe not. <laughs> if you go into their lives, you know, and see them in their lives as they work, you know, I'm sure it's, if you like. But in Jordan, it's, you can't really follow people. I'm sure you can. Journalists do it all the time. You can't give yourself these restrictions. <laughs> you just have it. You're going back and forth right now. You're doing ping pong. Yeah, you're doing the ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant conversation for me too, man. I mean, I live here, so I have to like that's a decision that I've already made. And you can find people. You will definitely find people, especially in Amman. But the the bar is lowered. Did you know that this guy is an electrical engineer in the piano? Like, well. Yeah. Like that's really cool compared to Jordanians. That's real, but then for outside, it's like, like no, it's not that cool. <laughs> it's cool, but it's not that cool. So there's definitely not a lot of like. There just has not been a lot of achievement here. If you Exposure. think of the states, there's been so much achievement that everybody like. Because in, in Jordan, you see it right. And every street, you have one guy comes up with a certain concept for like a coffee place, and then three of them do the same thing. That's how business works. In the States, you have so many more people operating at such a bigger scale that they can grow at so much more possibility that people achieve things at such a scale that it set everybody else on fire to try and do the same. It's a small town uh, culture mentality. The whole country. How can you get people to start achieving stuff? I mean, yeah, that's a big question. And it's, uh, you know, it's like you open it up. You have to open it up. I mean, like, obviously, the educational system is setting the entire country up to constantly fail. I would say that. I mean, obviously. Yeah. The education produced the country as it is now. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Is the country in an upward swing or a downward swing? Yeah, yeah. I would say it's in a downward swing. It seems like that's how most people regard it. You know what Ahmed said the other day? He said that after he went diving for the first time, he said, I can attribute uh, the ice baths to this. I was like, he was pretty comfortable in a, a new space, like uh, being underwater. And he attributed it to, partly at least. What do you think that ice bath did to his sense of what he's p- capable of? And especially because they're related to water, water. But but yeah, 100%, man. 100%. It's great. My last ice bath was the day before I got super sick. But I don't think that should make us get off the ice baths. No. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I think there's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be worth it, too. <laughs> yeah, ice baths, man. And yeah, Joe Tag, man. 28 was basically the year I really got to know Joe Tag. Like, Joe Tag. I was... No, I knew him. I knew him, of course. Right in front of me is a photo of Joe Tag. Yeah, man. And and look at the rocks behind him. Look at how they, like... It's a great photo. I love this photo. I love this photo. I saw the background and was like, oh, I have to take a photo of this guy. And then he has a photo with him with the dog. Yeah, but this one's great. Yeah, this is like in your, in your face. That guy's got... I was so inspired by kind of how loose his energy is. Relaxed. He's just a relaxed guy. You see people when they're traveling. Sehla, yeah. Joe Tag, man, we love you. Yeah, you know, I think 
I would definitely like to just, um, if my writing's going well at some point, just tell me, oh, come over, come spend t- 10 days, just drive around with me and camp with me. You know, oh. to take. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But, you know, I also think the concept of just, like, really going into the country, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more that I have that I can just go into if I just go loosely, you know, really loose, just explore it. I think that's for everywhere you go, but especially here. Yeah, for, take for a, sure. Take a camera with me and just, like, yeah, man, talk to people. Go see things. I just think that if you and I did it for three months, we would go so much deeper, right? But we just didn't have enough time for it. Mm. Maybe, man. Maybe, but the thing is, I think it's that we just feel that the waters don't run that deep here. Is that a yeah. feeling? Because there are people here, full people that are living here. But it maybe it's just that the palette of problems and the palette of like things that have happened to people are just, they seem to be so predictable but that can't be true no i think no everyone's been through real lives you know with real suffering and they have a lot a lot of people have a lot of problems it's just i think it's what we're addressing is this innate prejudice that you somehow inherit when you exist in a different crust of jordan i agree but it doesn't change that it's okay to say that your surroundings, you're just very used to them. And that you're just looking for surroundings that are fresh to you. Your problem is that the surroundings that you moved to were those of Washington, D.C., which were never designed to be the type of surroundings that would really stimulate you. Like, imagine you moved to Colorado or something. Like, that was the place you'd chosen to move. Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. What would you be now? 100% you'd be rock climbing and doing that shit like that. 100%. Immediately, just to the environment that you're in. 100%. And so, your entire sense of, like, who you've been since you're 14 is split between Washington, D.C. and Jordan. And a couple film guys trips, a couple short trips to Europe, and maybe a good period in Oregon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, yeah, for sure. And we are all a different person in a different place. And so you've just given yourself that version. And I can say almost the same about myself, you know. I spend so much time in my head that I... Like, I do like... I like the Barcelona version of myself, but it's it's an unstable one. It's It's a lonely one. And somehow I've sort of related Barcelona to that idea. But of course, it doesn't make sense. It seems like every time we talk about it, it doesn't lead to the thing that we feel like we want it to go to, like in terms of like living there. Yeah, you know what? The city for me has a lot of concrete. And some cities, you just feel it. You feel the energy. And some you don't. And each person has a different compass to that. Everybody pers- everybody feels different things. And I've just... I haven't felt it, but it's also worth recognizing. I entered the city with an adopted set of prejudices that did not come from me. About the language, about the local culture, about the places to eat and the types of things to eat and the languages to speak. 
um, and also the, the the people that we were engaging with were all from a particular type of background. They're all from the same university. Um, so whatever that city formed for me was, I was just sort of following the life that was with me. And it, as a result, it took me entirely out of my own one. I always felt good coming back here because everybody knows me. And that's what we were saying in this book about resistance also is that, you know, humans, you are not designed to be alone. You have millions of years of learning to be a member of a tribe and having a place. But as soon as you're alone and having to try and constitute your own place, it, that's what sends people into fucking madness. Nobody knows what the hell to do. What's my place? You know? Like, um, you are... In the in a group dynamic, you're always the guy taking the trash out and running around because you feel very comfortable identifying yourself in a particular place in a social group. Every social group has different functions, and you put yourself, this is the function I have in the social group. It's that you've had that place within your family dynamic. You've existed in a place. And for better or for worse, it allows you to to, to just have a fairly comfortable sense of self in that way that doesn't seem to go through massive crisis. But if you don't know your place, if you're al always negotiating that place, because your place is not your limitation, it's just your, your baseline frequency. Mm. You know, it's not... I think just people have to identify that the place doesn't mean, like, um, your social standing. It's, it's who you are relative to other people. That, that assumption is very, like, a superficial assumption. When they say know your place... No, in terms of the relationship of place and social status, the, the actions that you do versus the things that uh, translate into what we agree as a social status. Yeah, so exactly, it's a fiction. What social status yeah. is? Yeah, I mean, the types of people that attain social status show you that it it's nonsense. Again, going back to the concept of a good team, there's a te there's a member of the team that does things that don't are not glorified but are essential to the continuation of the whole team, of, of the, the harmony of the team. And that person is crucial. So what is a social status in that sense? like Meaningless, of course. I mean, of course, meaningless. Yeah. I think it's that um, people from my end of the equation somehow do relate to um, doing work for credit, even though I say I don't. And I, I don't really, you know, I, I like to keep a little bit of distance. I can rationalize my way away from it. But the first emotional reaction is a desire to do things that are seen. I think you've, you've had this for, for a long time. Day one. Exactly. It's what you're born with. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily what you're stuck with. I think no. it takes a... But it takes a grappling. It takes a... You have to like look it in the eye and try and see what you're dealing with. First, you have to give it a name, you know? Sometimes it's nice to listen to just rap. You know, good rap, just listen to it. That's what I need to get. I need to get some rap uh, albums. Like good stuff, like something low-key, you know? There's a lot. Just listen to a lot of rap, man. Um, put it on Put on an album when you drive. Straight-up album. It's what I did um, with my sh brief eight-day soul-searching trip around Spain. Mm. I just was playing J. Cole and Immortal Technique albums. 
Nice. And Immortal Technique is really intense. Yeah, very much. But it was very cool, nonetheless, to listen to. Mm. And I, I could feel the testosterone. You know, like it's it's a pretty good feeling too. You know, to to, it makes you feel like man, mm. right? And as long as you can start, sort of understand what that is. Because a lot of guys with a lot of testosterone, they're like, oh, testosterone, I need more testosterone. I think guys like you and me have a different relationship to it. But it would be good, I think, to spend time in it. Uh, Man. Yeah, you're right. Where, where's the breakfast? Can I have the breakfast, please? Are you hungry? I'm a little hungry. Like hungry, no, hungry. No, I'm not hungry. <laughs> I was suggest suggesting hummus, but I don't think I'm actually hungry. I just it's more that the concept of hummus comes to me and I like I like that idea. <laughs> but you know, I listen to Kayla and talk about how she eats. I think it's like it's kinda great, you know, she says she has no relationship to the food where she has any guilt toward it at all. She eats as much as she wants. Like, there's a difference between people who say, "This is my last slice," and then doesn't eat the like eats another slice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe maybe they're right that in the end, when it comes to leadership, you need a certain set of qualities. You know, um, and the. You you already diagnosed the the issue. This is the wrong position. But put in a certain type of way of how the func to function, really right? Adi. Yeah, he doesn't need all that responsibility. He just needs the the chance to do his work, because he could really do good work. He's a consultant. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the, the whole issue of mask, you know. Just spending a couple of hours today, two, three hours, kind of in my own head a little bit, not even a lot. It's like I, I kind of feel lost, man. <laughs> like I have to rewire my thinking to say, okay, I need to focus on the things I need to focus on, like the life that I had before and the life that I want in the future, and see how I can work within that. Like I, I can't even I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm even expressing anything right now. I I very much understand what you're saying. Like because it doesn't make sense to me. No, like it makes I a am, lot of sense know? what you're describing to me. Uh, I see what you're saying. You're describing to me that, um, you know, when you're in a project like this, your whole world is focused on a sort of a outcome. It's one thing, man. Ev everything else is yeah. gone, and then. To somehow like s understand that you can enter a space again where whoa wait a minute there's like conditions and running subplots and expectations and hopes and dreams and intentions within the self and outside of the self yeah, yeah um I think the only thing that would be seen as wisdom to offer for you and for me in this space is um, a consistent meditation practice at least right I think that's the f yeah, but first step. Look, here's the guarantee which they'll all tell you. And I did it yesterday, which means I could do it today. 30-minute um, meditation. And just sit in it. And if you could do an hour, do an hour. Mm. And do it every day, specifically. You don't do it every day, don't bother. Mm. 
do it every day. And I don't do anything other than just sit there. And I just let my mind go where it goes. And, it, and of course, I generally come back with the attention with breathe slowly, focusing on that place between the eyebrows. And just pay attention to that third eye. Yeah. Distracted. Okay, wait. Pay attention yeah, to the third yeah. eye. Don't always, be, always. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. I've I mean, you know, you and I could do a meditation in a bit. I think it'd be good. I definitely think... Um, like, you know, I, I've, I've done this with some new friends, you know, where, hey, let's do meditation. It's pretty cool to meditate in the presence of, of your friends. And I think it's a good habit to develop as friends in each other's really? presence. Of course, man. Like yeah, no, I, s I do sense the how good it would be. It's You're doing something together, but you're both in your each other's worlds, in, you know, their own world. Yeah, but it's also really interesting for me when I would be, you know, with a woman meditating. Mm. But there is a physical contact of the bodies, at least uh, partially, if even if it's just the knees. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a different type of meditation. It yeah. was like a shared meditation. Um, I could very palpably feel a, p a space in my body that I could not identify where in the body it was. Like, and maybe it's just the mind, but it's always going to be the case anyway. Yeah. There was just something that it was like, I could feel sensation yeah, yeah, yeah. there, of but it wasn't in my the body. The existence of someone else, right? And of course, it's varying degrees of who it is in relationship to you. And how much you've been able to actually connect through to them. The different ways that you connect with through them. But there is at the baseline, an always a sense of existence of someone else. And like, and based on those types of connections that you have, the types of thoughts that you have it's oh always yeah. kind of a consistent dialogue you're right you're 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 totally right man and so basically you just need to find a bunch of different people that you just want to meditate around and see how their energy influences yours possibly man i mean why not that's a cool concept and it's their energy is also about your relationship to them you know sitting sitting silent with uh another person that's the real like if you're going to say existence, like that could be one way of to say existence is to be in the space of the other person. Yeah, man, I agree with that. So it's cool. It's a cool concept. Yeah, we should definitely do it too. I mean, as a, you know, the podcast is a great example of a tradition that we've started and kept. Mm. Fest is another example of one of those. Right? And, I definitely see that this could e easily move into it. Like our ice baths are moving into a, like Our traditions are intermittent, but also engaged. We've we've gone from zero traditions to several traditions. Exactly. And they come organically just by living. Just the shit that we want to do, you know? Exactly. You know, it, people always confuse me. They They were like, they would think... Rob only wants to do the things that Rob wants to do. But I always thought that wasn't true at all. It's simply that, um, <laughs> it, let's say I had some people, like you, for example, who the things they want to do align with the things that I would want to do. It suddenly means that I would not relate to myself as having a contrarian perspective. It just happened to be that the way I enjoyed myself was not in alignment with how most people enjoy themselves. 
And so that positioned me as someone who had who identified who had to be identified as he wants to do what he wants to do, as though it's only his will. When really it's just his way of having fun looks like this. And there are people who like having fun that way. He just didn't know these people. I mean, I think what you do is you differently than many people is that you offer it and you can back it up. But I think you're you're really persistent about the backing up of the idea that you have because you have a sense of feeling that this would be good. There's also that sense that if there's nobody um, blowing wind in your direct in your direction, you just feel like you have to really work hard for it. Yeah, for you that you you engage with that and you it's a it's a I don't know if it's a challenge sometimes it is but it's just a thing that you have you know I would love nothing more than to have a group of people whom I really liked in a room who generally say hey let's go do this and doing stuff that are like yeah that's a great idea I think that's something that we've lost that you've kind of and I'm sure there are many people like this but that you've kind of kept with you this this um, characteristic that children have, which is to have fun doing things. Yeah, and it's so hard to relate to how what m- most adults experience adult life. You don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> Maybe you do. I Washington mean, uh, D.C. is a great example. Of I don't know if I can understand. I think I can just like produce a thin image of. Yeah, and you're probably right about it because it is a thin image. It's just like just a, a lot of nothingness. And then after the nothingness of the day at work, you go back and you do nothing. That's the point. Like, nothing. <laughs> Let's watch a Netflix series. Let's, you know, like the series that we've been watching for the last three years. Or, uh, or going to, you know, talking about going to an event where you talk about how important you are. Or how, like, you attribute to this thing that's just to attribute. And With people that you don't necessarily know. No, but you're trying to show that I am doing the same thing. And uh, just great. Oh, and like, oh, he's here too. Oh, why is he not here? Oh, you know, like it's constant relating. Unless, because in the end, <coughs> people's lives are also subject to their personalities. There are people in Washington, D.C. whose whole life is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's a personality per se. It's, I think it's a type of thinking that people have developed be, through the limited resources that we have created for cities. I don't know. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Or maybe um, not. A personality like mine, um, one that doesn't want to do things that he doesn't want to do, um, generally speaking, is a format of personality. And th- most cultures will hold people still in place that they are still too restricted. But every now and then, that personality shakes its way loose. You know, It generally needs that sort of persistence of like wanting to do things to be able to break through into doing things. I'm also seeing that the majority of people are, you can classify the people, the world kind of as distributed by like 99% of a type of person and 1%, and maybe that's even generous. Maybe it's like 99.5, 99.8. There's just a general type of person who thinks in a way that aligns with their environment. And then there's the type of person who thinks in a way that does not align with their environment. Mm. I see what you mean. And okay. that's a much smaller amount of people. Yeah, I see what you mean. So in, in terms of DC, there's just a set number of personalities that tend to go there and do the same That thing. too. That too, right? 
because you know it, it, it used to be that you know in a city you have the a, a distribution of the labor and of course there's always going to be a certain industry in your city you know you're going to be there's a lot of fishermen or whatever yeah but not this concept that a certain personality trait from all That's over the world makes its way to the city yeah the city of uh, monaco or you know or washington dc a washington. certain desire or a certain belief system a certain schooling that sends people to want to play in this arena yeah that's funny right and it's everybody knows that it's bullshit mm -hmm. the whole thing yeah yet still so what by that by what we've just described your job is if you're looking for different types of experiences on a grand scheme on a grand level is to find the cities that don't think what they're doing is bullshit yeah, I need the people. Uh, a city that's full of athletes. Purpose. You're saying a purposeful place where people care about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I hear London's like that. What? I, I'm surprised. Sorry. No, but that's what I hear. You know, like there's a, but it's also a real scene. You know, and that's, but people are all doing something in London. Yeah. But it's like a lot I of the say shit that doing something. I would say that they're doing the thing that they're doing because they think it's fun. They okay, okay, you're right. Um, but whatever it is they're doing, it's with intention. Like to be honest, I kind of was into the Bali vibe. You know, yeah, everybody you was go. there to be there. Yeah, and every person you met was possibly a person that you could have a conversation with at least on some type of level. Yeah, man, and everyone's chilling out. Even uh, even the yoga chicks that are constantly on their phones. Yeah, but and everyone's chilling, man. It's free time. Everyone's got free time. You want to go surf? You want to go have drinks tonight? It's an environment where people aren't overscheduled. I mean, that's well, from what you're describing to me, the th like from where we started, from point A, I want to find people that uh, if you have generally a group of people who want to do things like to here, that's a possible place that you could be. Yeah, I, I think I would rather go to Costa Rica before I go to Bali. Uh, I I would say that. Yeah, yeah, I would say that one hundred percent. I just it's you know it's a pretty expensive country, so I'd have to figure out some sort of like Costa Rica. Yeah, some oh, creative wow. way to be like, hey, can I spend three months in this place, and this is how I'll exchange with you, you know, like one hundred percent. I mean, people do that all the time. Yeah, because I can't spend that. Like, I just want to like feel like I'm living there for a while. Yeah, and you can't be like every day you're, you're buying a sandwich and knowing that, you know. Or paying for a room. Yeah, yeah. You just come up with a long-term deal with some place. So it's like this is what you're renting. But I'd rather rent more than a room. I'd like to live in a house with people, you know. You need to have space. But people? also, well, I'm, may, maybe you're right. Maybe it's having your own space would be good. It depends on what you're trying to do, right? Mm. The possibilities are so endless. That when I dance around with them, I I honestly just feel like I'm swimming in an open ocean, just every now and then like grabbing onto just like a piece of water or grabbing onto just a piece of debris that I find. It's like there's so much openness that I could just like arbitrariness yeah. could do anything. Yeah, could do anything, fucking anything. Yeah, what do you do then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's nothing that's not out of reach. That's out of reach. Like, practically speaking, any country is possibility. Any country. Are you saying this specifically for your own case? Yes. Yeah, exactly. But also in general. Okay. Like, But especially yeah. for my case, because yeah, yeah. of the financial situation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything is possible. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> it's funny for me, man. I love, I love this. Like, it's like, 
where do you go? Why can't well and why and why do you decide to go to the places that you decide uh, to go? That's pr- that's really important too. And for you to that's see where it. I'm saying that it's like why did an arbi- you do this? There's an arbitrariness. <laughs> it's that like it happened to be that the environment that I was put in uh, allowed certain thoughts to happen, and those thoughts led me to a certain idea, and that that idea presented and itself to me as dopaminergic enough <laughs> for me to want to go do it. And where did those thoughts come from? It's like look, if I have you in the room and I spend a week with you, I'm gonna have a certain palette of thoughts. If I have a woman that I'm romantically interested in with me, and I'm gonna have a certain set of thoughts, and those thoughts will inevitably, in my mind, lead to certain idea an idea often has a place associated to it as well like it's it's entirely entirely random in terms of what to do it you could you could i could change everything right now by making a decision to just go elsewhere you know like do something different yeah we've heard many stories like that he just decided to go (laughs) he did it he just what yeah like rob lives in guatemala now (laughs) I would love to say that to people. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny. Like yeah. in a little village. I mean, you know, already. Like, like wh- wh- where does he live? Oh, Barcelona. Oh, nice. Like, what does he do? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like. Yeah, yeah. That, now it's got to add it. We got to add a new one to the mix. And I think it, Rob lives in Guatemala. Is, mm, I, like, I would feel much more easy saying it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if... It, yeah, I think what you're describing makes is natural. Like it's natural to me. It makes you sense. You want a place where I chose to go, you know, not that like that was the place that I should go because of the family situation. Because of whatever. Through external reasons that sort of required Barcelona to be the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, of course. But you know, the whole time I'm just there trying to justify the situation. Like, how how can you complain about Barcelona? <laughs> how could you possibly complain <laughs> about Barcelona? Like this has been your struggle for the last three years. Like. But it's just. It's a struggle that I'm somehow really familiar with. Yeah. It's the struggle of having like everything great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then not allowed, being allowed to just feel like not yeah. feeling allowed to express anything wrong yep. with it, because of a sort of identification as someone who doesn't want to complain. But as a result, I criticize. Yeah. And I feel tense about things, but it's like because it's a yes, okay, sure. I have almost everything that's great, but it doesn't mean that. Um, I don't have a mind that doesn't produce a certain like mental state that yeah. can be destabilizing or unpleasant to be in or lost. You're you right. Know? You know, of course, th- and that happens all the time. And so it's like it's all the time. And so it They're always makes separate. me feel like an asshole for like not expressing and not experiencing enough gratitude for those things I should be grateful for. But then I think, what the f- man, like I, we, we, we learned it in 2022 in April. Should go to Africa. <laughs> That's what David Cho said, man. And it, that guy's, he's got to be 100% right. Whenever you're not feeling enough humility, go to fucking Africa. Wow. He's, he's totally right, man. He's totally right. <laughs> right? Yeah, and this is a guy who's, who had everything, right? Man, that'd be crazy, that wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. See, let's see how the ideas come. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, well, uh, how can we make that happen? It could happen. Like, because, like, the first idea comes at it with, like, enough of a sense of, that's great. Yeah. Then the processing is like the plugging in. Okay, um, map. <laughs> uh, what do I know? <laughs> I actually know almost nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a couple friends in Uganda, for example. Uh, not even like yeah. I, I, I can say I words. I can say the word Namibia. Oh yeah. I can say the word Botswana. Yeah. 
Um, I could say you like could say the word Eritrea, you know. <laughs> I could say the word as the British say Mali. Eritrea. <laughs> exactly, Eritrea. <laughs> I could say the word Mozambique. Yeah. You know, I could say any of these words. Yeah. What other words do we have? Angola, yeah, yeah. Uganda, Ivory Coast, Ghana. Exactly. These are all just words. <laughs> exactly. Um Congo, like Zaire. You've been to the continent, but you have not been to the concept. No, I have not been to Africa. Yeah. Morocco is Morocco. Yeah, exactly. It is not Africa. Sub-Saharan is Africa. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, man, that'll be very good. Uh, but I'm wondering if that'll be like so much if I'm going to do writing for this project. <laughs> yeah, you brought it to the real life. And let me <laughs> but it seems to me that what I need now is not to go like chill out a little bit and then go back into like a Barcelona rhythm, but it's like I need to do something that but th maybe that's like a too shock there's a couple ways you can respond to this you can be like the <laughs> go to fucking Africa and go <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> like, or you can go be like <sighs> go to Amsterdam you know or you go to Costa Rica and you really go <sighs> you know I mean, yeah, you're right. My concept of Amsterdam is that you're going to work, but you're going to work in an environment that is good for you. You know, you, you might be right. Like, uh, you know, I, I definitely, anywhere I go, I would want to not have to go anywhere else. Like, in the sense that there's a concept that at this point I have to be back. Like, I'd want it to be just an open direction. And so I think it's just... I'll be a professional now. Exactly. And I'll just respond to this project in a way that I think is appropriate. You want to you want to produce. You want to produce not necessarily the number one thing every single day, but it is something that you've decided to do. So what I'm saying in terms of like your relationship to music, for example, it should still be there. It's it's up there, but this this thing you've decided to do already. Like, you know, so it's your job. Do your job. It's your job. Yeah, but you. No, you're right. I'm with you, and I want to yeah, do it too. Yeah, I'm excited it, about exactly. it. Exactly. So it's, b but it's creating the certain baseline of things I have to think about, like or not think about, and, and then how I decide how I to act. How did the structure of how that can be, or of what you need to uh, achieve mm, with mm. that baseline already? Well, I know that what I'm doing right now is, you know, cannot cannot happen here for a long time. Like, and but over there you can have you can do it all the time, you know. And just like <laughs> that already, it releases something. Yeah, it yeah. Releases a part of you that you don't need to think about, and therefore can focus on other things. You know, one of my favorite things in Amsterdam is sunset on the canals. It's just the energy in the summer. Everyone's just sitting in the canals, and it's so relaxed. Yeah. It's man, so it's so peaceful, man. And especially if I have a couple friends that I want to just spend some time with who want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man, it'll come. If not, I'll use it as my time to write, but I think there's plenty of ways to engage with people. Yeah, man, there's got to like people, there are much worse places. You know, that's a good place to go. The thing is Amsterdam is, there's no reason for Amsterdam. It's just that, I thought of it, and then it seemed like a couple pieces sort of fell in place that suggested that, ah, okay, that's actually a pretty I see good what concept. You mean. But it was just an idea. Yeah. 
But it was a gut feeling, you know, that you had. And when you said it, to, when you mentioned it to me, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. I mean, staying in my brother's place is probably the most emotionally stable thing I could do right now. Sure. Because it's a familiar place that I don't have to think about. I don't have to pay rent about. Sure. I don't have to have any connection to other than just like, yeah. I have this place. Yeah. It's got a big TV, good sound, like or get a sound system yeah. for him or something. Only thing is there's construction upstairs. <laughs> but well, that just means don't spend any time in the house during the day. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah, some Egyptians moved in upstairs. <laughs> That's another story. And there's like some Christian like Bible people downstairs. They have a lot of group singing. This is a great apartment. And then on the ground floor is uh this is one, the one of the six of Lessie's Schille uh, of of her high school Schille. Oh really? Niels lives in the same there's four apartments in that building. This is quite an interesting house. Like just random. Yeah, kind of unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do like Amsterdam, man. I have a good relationship to it. And there's, of course, something I like a lot about Amsterdam. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's the cycling, obviously, which is also Listen, the truth. Yeah, is is there, um, what's it called? The, uh, like, uh, where botany happens? <laughs> oh, yeah. Botanical gardens? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, that would be cool to go to visit. You're right. On the Maybe see if there's a place I can volunteer at, learn from. Trier? Yeah, you're right. And that gives you another sense of purpose. Yeah, like yeah. Like, it's a volunteering thing with things that you want to learn about that is not requiring a time more than what you want to require, what you require from yourself. Yeah, man, I just have really not learned the concept of service. You know, I've regarded myself as an asshole for not having a connection to it. But there's just nothing in my life that put me in a position where I had to. And normally you develop a relationship to it in, in these positions it's where you had to. Yeah, and that's based on your growing up in a certain society where they value money versus time. Well, yes, but it's also like the family I grew up in and like some families like some parents, like her parents, subjected her to work so that she would learn these things and were intentional about that. My parents uh, were of the persuasion that I don't want my child to do anything, <laughs> which uh, it comes from a good place, but is obviously poorly thought out. Yeah. And then to have to develop a relationship to things like service or volunteering or anything like that for me is something that I have to elect in my life. Well, volunteering is always an election, elective. But I see that... Well, I always worry if I'll lose interest in things quickly. Like I, whenever I'm on a guided tour, it's the worst thing in the world <laughs> for me. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, uh, you just need to get to know the plants. Introduce yourself to them. Learn about them through already the homework that they've done for you by naming it. And, you know, or just be there and get to know the plants. Yeah, and there's also, uh, my main thing is about just getting to know people. But there's a, I'm I'm determined to find just a couple people that would be just like a great find in Amsterdam. Actually, there's They'll a lot of there's a lot of Wim Hof people. <laughs> there's also Wim Hof, not too far away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you meet him, you'll get to meet a lot of other people. Yeah, his house is just down there. He like likes welcomes people very easily. You just write him, you're like, oh, can I come by visit? Exactly, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, biblical storyteller. 
I'm gonna see if I can get a quick weekend getaway alone. Where are you gonna go? I was thinking Turkey. When? In two weeks. Like right before we start? But no. right before you start work? Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Or Italy. No, or but I think Turkey. Or see if you find cheap tickets to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to do this alone, man. Okay. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I mean, just <laughs> th- there's no way there'll be cheap summer tickets like that. But yeah, yeah. But there are there are direct flights to Transavia. And they cost like 90 euros. From Amman? Yeah. When? Since when? Yeah, I know. They cost like 90 euros each way. Yeah, man, Europe. It's just like it's more accessible than you realize. You just need to kind of see those tickets. And the, see dates, the, the dates are so bad. The dates are shitty. But like... There's no y- weekend, dude. You have like a type of work, man, that... It doesn't make sense to fucking go to an office from nine yeah, to yeah. five. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but you have to you have to hold that belief. Yeah, yeah. If you don't hold that belief, you're and gonna you keep to, doing it. Yeah, and you you have to provide uh, a proof of like it works. It works. It works because it's I have product. Take it on credit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Make a promise, a statement. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. Give me like put somebody in a position to say okay. You have three weeks. Boom. And then, okay, f- and then you go do it. Anyways, you're right. You know, I look forward to the day where th- the types of promises I make are like, I can get you those shots, you know? <laughs> I can go to Uganda and get you those, those shots <laughs> in two weeks, you know? <laughs> I just, um, I, I feel like... People all think that I want to be the guy who's always in charge. And I'm like, it's absolutely not the case, man. I just want to be part of a, like a group of people where I get to do the thing I want to do among the group, you know. I definitely like the idea of being part of a really talented group of people whom I all respect and like what they're doing. That's really cool. But it'll, g- it'll get there. Because I, I, I'm really not the guy who wants to be in charge. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm Rob. You know, I, I, I really don't want to be in charge. Like, I just, I, I, I like to have control over the product, but not necessarily the process. And that's, but you have to. And as a director, you have to face a bunch of things you don't want to do, right? Because in the end, you're serving the product. You're not serving the process. So what would be your guilty pleasure in terms of p- creative Making music, maybe, but we need guilty pleasure. Like uh, things that you, uh, th- one thing that you'll just do, like uh, basically, I can get you this shot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I, I, what I was trying to describe is a task that's more like a task-oriented idea. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That I can achieve this task. Yeah, yeah. But when the task is so broad of like, I will produce an idea that will be like creativity. I think p- everybody who works in creativity at the young age sees that it's like fucking nightmare to work with just because by definition sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah you can't rely on it yeah and so i'm in my life i'm relying on a business that's unreliable because it relies on something that by definition i cannot do 10 out of 10 all the time every creative person has good days and bad okay oh yeah, okay i would much rather have a task that i can perform oh, i see what you mean 
a task that I enjoy doing, a task that does have a, the right amount of creativity that I can engage myself without it being like, I gotta fucking make it. <laughs> I gotta fucking do it right. <laughs> it's gotta be perfect. <laughs> yeah, maybe like. I think I wouldn't voice for you. Man. I wouldn't be satisfied. Maybe I would be satisfied with something like carpentry. But to me, I feel like I've always wanted something big. But maybe when you do something small, you get to relate specifically to the people to whom you do are doing things for. You know, what what is it in my life that has always considered it to be a non-negotiable that the thing that I do has to have a big possibility? And I just, I always am baffled and like quizzically curious about people who do like put a lot of effort into things that clearly have very few people who would look at it and I have to question why my mind state has any real consideration as to uh, approval at a large from a large amount of people uh, my whole filmmaking style is to make something for everyone I'm I'm inclusive in my method I rather than being exclusive um I think in the medium that you have, the visual medium, it's very easy to have that. But then in the physical medium, it's, it doesn't really matter, I think, more as much. Yeah, I guess because you're not... The relationship to looking at art is very different to a movie. A movie is, a, is an agreement. Yeah. It, it is made for the public. It, exactly. It's I, it's I have to give it to you. You know, that's what the Coens also say. Like, anybody who says that films are for anything other than entertainment is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Films are for entertainment. Entertain. The entertainment industry. I definitely gonna make a whole story in this document in this documentary. You know, but the story is it's not gonna be like a feature film story. It's no. gonna but it's gonna tell like a whole story. Yeah. Definitely. I know that. It will happen. Mm-hmm. That's that that that's gonna be the saucy part of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's going to carry everything through. But I, it's just a matter of, I think you need, it gets really like layered. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get back into all these complicated thoughts. Yeah. But you need the story. Um, you need each segment that you produce to somehow leave the story in a different place than where it started yeah. at the beginning of that segment. Yeah. It has to be diverse or like various in its flavor. But imagine that um, you have a musical number in a song and that musical number starts and then it stops and at the end it's like everybody walks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, what grows warms up, warms what grows up. and what changes like your masterful scripts are written with a concept of thinking about change yeah. what changes in an art in the in the character circumstance every time they yeah. do something yeah that's both simple and complicated thinking at once just watch more movies yeah man like I need to visit the urinarium. <laughs> this would be a good time for a break. All right. Um, well, I'll just leave you with a word from our sponsor. 
And we'll be right back with you in a few You can few just turn minutes. up the music. And keep it rolling? Yeah. <laughs> 